On The Go podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.thesanctuarychurch.com. I am glad to be with you. We are closing up a series, this uh, Chasing Love series this morning. But before I get there, uh, again, this has been a nine-week series that we've been talking about, Chasing Love, Sex, Love, and Relationships in a Confused Culture. I'm closing up today, but before I go there, uh, I want to have a quick commercial. So, this message is brought to you by, right? Um, If you do not have the app, today would be one of those days, it would be a good day to have the app. Um, I think every Sunday is a good day to have the app. Here's what's happening. As Pastor Jonathan mentioned, the announcements are in the app. The things that are going on around the church are in the app. Uh, and I realize there are people, I don't, I don't believe in those smartphones. Okay, well, we're not making bulletins anymore. We, here's what was happening with bulletins. We were stuffing our Bibles filled with them, but nobody was reading them, right? It's like, so anyway, it's in the app. Here's what's going on. If you don't know how to get the app, go to the app store. You can go to the app store. You can go to Google Play, right? You just plug in the Sanctuary SCV. You can find the app in there. Download the app. Inside the app is all the stuff that we're talking about. It's how we, we let you know what's happening. In there, you'll find the teaching, the teaching notes. You'll find all the blanks that I tell you about. Hey, fill this in, fill this in. That's what's, that's what's usually going on. You have growth journaling scriptures in there. And then all the conversations community that I'm always talking about. Hey, talk about this with somebody. Here's, we got used to this thing. We go to church and then, poop, we don't talk about it. But what we're learning in the Bible is supposed to be a conversation. And so we're finding somebody to go, oh, man, here's what I heard this week. I'm really wrestling with this part of it. Or, wow, this really encouraged me. And then you end up encouraging someone else. So I encourage you to get the app. Secondly, uh, if you have missed any of these teachings, again, it's been a long series, nine weeks I've been on this topic. If you've missed any of it, go to our Facebook page, right? And you'll find our Facebook page has all the past Sunday mornings. It's all there. And you're like, well, I don't do Facebook. Okay, that's cool. Go to YouTube. YouTube has all the teachings on there. We have a Sanctuary SCV YouTube page. You can get all the teachings there. I don't have the YouTube. I don't like YouTube. Okay, then go to the website, right? Everything's on the website. You can get everything that you need on the website. Teachings, information, it's all there too. I don't have a computer. I don't know how to help you. Go to your local library. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Call us and say, hey, I, I don't have a computer. When is that? Christmas child box thing going on, right? Call us. We want to give you this information, and we're giving it to you, as you can see, in as many ways as we possibly can, but I want to uh, just kind of, so this message was brought to you by that commercial. Okay, I'm, I'm closing this series today, right? And I'm wanting us to answer the call to personal holiness in our sex, love, and relationships. I read a book and was inspired by it. I did not teach this book in this series, but I read a book called Chasing Love, Sex, Love, and Relationships in a Confused Culture. And I was like, wow, I gotta get this information out to my congregation, but I don't want to just repeat or parrot out what was written in a book. So inspired by this book, by Sean McDowell, inspired by this book, I I wrote out this series and said, here's things that gotta change. And listen to me as as I say this, and we'll dig into it a little bit more this morning. This is stuff that's got to change in the church. The church could preach all day long about things that need to change in the world, but that's the world. We're here to address us, 
right? God's looking at the house of his house first, his kids first. And so we're going to be talking about that this morning. And some people now, they will hear a sermon on sex, right? And they'll think, oh man, those poor Christians always hung up on sex, right? Listen, we're not. We like our sex very much, thank you, right? But what I do get bent out of shape about is when this confused culture tells me or tells us, you got to chase after love. I'm like, that, that's not true. It's just not true. In fact, the prophet Isaiah said this in chapter 5. He beautifully articulates our confused culture. He says, you know what the real, you know who's going to be in serious trouble? You know who's going to be in deep trouble when it comes down to it? Those that say, oh, that's not evil. That's good. Oh, that's not good. That's evil. Those people who say, oh, that's not dark. That's light. You're like, that looks dark. No, 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 no. It's light. In fact, this over here, yeah, that light. No, that's darkness. Wait, what? And I cannot tell you how many times in this culture I hear, oh, this is bitter. I'm like, that tastes sweet to me. No, no, no. This is sweet. Oh, that tastes bitter. It's all, they're always telling me opposite of what the word has told me. And I've realized my world is upside down. And when I read that in Isaiah, I thought, that's what, if, if I were to put a, a key focus on this series, this Chasing Love series, it's, it's that our world is telling us opposite of what God's telling us. He says, these are my values, and the world says, nah. I'm aware there's going to be some kids in our services today, and I promise this will not be graphic. However, it will be candid, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to get really graphic with this conversation, but some of the things that are said at home become clearer at church. And some of the things that are said at church become clearer at home. And so I'm encouraging the conversations to, have, uh, to be had at home. Uh, let's start today. Open up, to your, open up your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians. Come on with me. Come on over to the New Testament. You're going to go past Ephesians, Galatians, right? All the way into the Thessalonian brothers, right? First and second Thessalonians. I want to establish what the Bible means when it talks about sexual purity. That's, what, that's where I'm going to hang my hat today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Here's what it says. Paul's, Paul's writing. He says, hey, we got to live to please God. Beloved, that's you, dear brothers and sisters. Beloved, I want to urge you in the name of Jesus to live in a way that pleases God as we have taught you. You live this way already, and I want to encourage you to do so even more. Because you remember what we taught you by the authority of the Lord Jesus, that God's will is for you to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you is going to control their own body. They're going to live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who don't know God and his ways. Never harm or cheat a Christian brother in this matter by violating his wife. For the Lord avenges all sins as we have solemnly warned you before. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching. Listen to this but is rejecting God, who gives his spirit, his Holy Spirit, to all of us. Now this phrase, this, this phrase, sexual sin, right, in verse 3, God wants you to be holy, stay away from all sexual sin. It's talking about fornication, immorality. Simply put, it's about people acting as if they're married when they're not. They're doing things designed that God designed only a man and a woman 
who are married to each other, see, I have to break all that down, are to be doing. See, the Bible teaches that a close physical relationship is for married people only. So sexual immorality includes any and all sexual relations before we're married and any and all sexual relations outside of marriage after we're married. But let's not get trapped right now. Let's not get trapped into thinking that sexual sin is only about sex with a woman who's not your wife or a man who's not your husband, right? Paul clarified this for us in verse four. He says, we each have to control our own body and live in holiness and honor. See, the issue here, and this this is what I brought up last week, is lust. This is our culture, lust, and this is my working definition. I'm still crafting it. I'm working on it and boiling it down and saying, what's the best way to say this? Lust is a sexual desire that dishonors its object and disregards God's promises when it comes to having or losing the fullness of Jesus in our lives. That's what lust does, is I'm not interested in what God has to say, and I'm not interested in honoring the person that's in front of me. Lust is about sexual desires gone wrong. Essentially, it's the cravings that dominate our lives in ways that they shouldn't, right? It's about the use of pornography and a fantasy life and the self-satisfying actions that are so often connected to that for men and women. And here's the issue we gotta face today. And I realize in the conversations I've had over the last nine, 10 weeks is that the slave trade is alive and well today. With access to internet and television programming, men, women, children are all being captured and bound with USB cables and Cat9 cables, right? We, we have a culture that is just in, completely enslaved. Now, the positive alternative to that is described on either side of verses 4 and 5. See, verse 1, it says, live in a way that pleases God. Right? Verse three, God's will is for you to be holy. Verse seven, God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. See, when God calls us to himself and God calls each one of us, he says, hey, and some, at one point you go, what was that? You, 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 you know the moment when you know you heard, not audibly, but you know you heard God knocking on your door. And you went, okay. I either got to answer that and let him in or say, go away. <laughs> a lot of people doing that these days, right? But when he calls us, he calls us to him, himself and he says, I want you to live a life of holiness. And this particular context, that holiness is our sexual purity. That's what Paul's talking about to the Thessalonian church. And so the question comes, well, why should we be so concerned with our sexual purity? And I want to deal with the why very quickly this morning, primarily because I think most of us know why. But I want to get to the how. How do we live in sexual purity? Because I think that actually unpacks the why, okay? So here's, the text gives us at least five reasons why. So if you got your app open, these are the reasons why we're fighting this battle for sexual purity. Here's the first one, it's pleasing God. The first one is pleasing God. Verse one says we're supposed to live in a way that pleases God. Paul then goes on to encourage us that sexual purity is what pleases God. Here's here's the second one. It's the will of God. Verse three, God's will is for you to be holy. Beloved, this is our incentive. Sexual purity is God's will and Christians love 
the will of God. That's, that's what we say anyway, right? Becoming like Jesus means that we delight in God's will. In fact, next week, I'm, I'm excited, Pastor Jonathan is going to be bringing a message on the delight in our lives. What do we delight on? I'm excited to hear from Pastor Jonathan next week. Here's the third one. Fill this one in. Honoring God. Honoring God. So we got pleasing God, the will of God. Here, this one's honoring God. In verse four, it says, live in holiness and honor. We're supposed to be walking in purity. That's how we honor, bring honor to our wife and other women, and we bring honor to our husband and other men. Sexual purity is the honorable thing to do, regardless of our marital status. I'm telling you that. Listen, if you are not married, then you can say, hey, listen, I honored you before I even knew you. It's the way I taught my children. Hey, listen, you have a, a spouse out there somewhere. That's what you want. You, you want to someday be married. If that person is out there, you want, to honor, you want to start honoring them now with the decisions that you're making now because you don't want to bring all the baggage into that person. Here, here, here's all the last relationships I had for all through high school and all the sexual escapades, and, and you got to clean it up. I was teaching my kids that, hey, listen, we're, we're leaving it. We leave this trail behind us. When you're on a date, you're with someone's mate. That's what I was taught in junior high school. When you're out on a date, you're with someone's mate. Be careful and kind because someone has to clean up the mess left behind. And so some of us in this room have a spouse. We're like, yeah, their first wife, their first husband. Oh, man, these relationships. And I'm having to walk them through and bring healing. And I'm a healing agent. That's our job. We're to be healing agents for one another. But I'm talking about in this marital context. The fourth reason we're fighting for sexual purity. Here's another one for you. The good of others. Verse six says right here, never harm or cheat people like this, right? He says, don't do this. He says, sexual purity is the loving way that we're supposed to be treating one another. When we sin sexually, we aren't seeking the highest good of others. Not the woman or the man that we sin with or the person that we fantasize about with pornography. We've been wearing these bracelets, right? We are, we are for the one. We are for, this, what I'm talking about today is included in this. To be for someone is to be for their best good. I am for the one. I am loving people and using things and not the opposite of using people and loving things. That's what it means to be for someone. We don't cheat them, we don't trick them, we don't manipulate them, we don't steal from them, we don't lie to them. That's what it means to be for someone. Here's the last fill in the blank, it's God's vengeance. It's your fifth blank there, God's vengeance. Woo! Verse six, the Lord avenges all such sins. I'll tell you what, nobody wants to be on the receiving end of God's vengeance. Nobody. But when we turn from God as our treasure and pleasure and we make a master out of sex, sooner or later, we're going to experience the wrath of God. Now, again, I could say more of what sexual purity is and the why of sexual purity, but I really truly believe most of us already know these things. We know far more than we're willing to obey. Oh, I know, I know. 
but that doesn't show in your life. I know. I have that conversation in the mirror, folks. You know this. I know. I want to get to the how of sexual purity. I want to focus on the one thing that's in this text. I hope you saw it. It's in this text, and that's what the text really focuses on. It's not only for our immediate rescue, but it's for our long-term victory over the next 10, 20, 30, for some of you, 60 years. God wants to give us victory. And the long-term how is found right in the middle of all of these verses. Did you notice that I've been skipping over verse five? I've been going one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight. I've been skipping around it. I've saved it for this moment. Starting in verse four, I'm gonna pull it up here for you. Verse four, then each of you will control their own body. We're not gonna get into the he and she, right? He's talking to everybody, right? They will control their own body and live in holiness and honor. But then look what he says in verse five. In fact, let's read this next verse together. Not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. Let's read that out loud together. Ready? Here it is. Verse 5. Not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. There's the answer. It's right here. When we give in to lustful passion, we act like pagans People who don't know God, but we do. And this means, and I want you to hear me, really hear me today. If you are struggling with sexual impurity in mind or body, when that struggle begins, you can fill this in. The best long-term strategy for sexual purity is to know God. To know God's acceptance. To know God's forgiveness. To know God's care. His acceptance, his forgiveness, and his care is God's love. See, to know God's love. This is the key. If we're struggling with sexual purity in any way, the answer, the strategy, is to know God. And I hear the cynics. I've heard the cynics. I've had the conversations with the cynics. What about all those pastors and theologians in their bondage to lust, leaving their wives and destroying fellowships? What, what good is all this knowledge about God? You say we need to know God, right? And I want to tell you this right now, full confidence. You are right. Hear me? There are those people. And I want to say this again with total confidence. Listen to me. They don't know God. You can know 10,000 things about God, but that don't mean you know God. Listen to me. I get it. I get it. It's my profession. I'm here. Over the last 35 years of being in full-time pastoral ministry, I cannot tell you how many of my brothers and sisters have given into this issue. And when it comes right down to it, they didn't know God, his love, his acceptance, his forgiveness, and his care. They heard about it. They wrote papers on it. They preached sermons about it. But they didn't know it. It wasn't in them. I am loved. I am loved by God. I don't need that, 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 or anything else this world has to offer. I've got everything I need. 
Here's a blank for you. Lustful passion is the mark of people who really don't know God. That's the fact right there. 1 Peter 1, Ephesians 4, Romans 1. I mean, it talks about this. This is what, this is what people who don't know God, this is the way they act. And if you're in bondage to pornography or fantasies or fornication or adultery, the immediate and long-term strategy of this war is one thing. Know God. It changes everything. And I'm confident when I say to you that knowing God is the path to sexual purity. People who don't know God are in serious trouble. We already read about people who dive into this sexual impurity. The wrath of God is on them, right? But people who don't know God, this is what Hosea 4 says. God's speaking here, right? God is speaking. He says, my people are being destroyed because they don't know me. My, my people, not the world, the church, the people who claim to know me are being destroyed because they don't know me. And then skipping down into verse 14, he says, you're foolish people. If you refuse to understand, you're gonna be destroyed. I go, okay, I, I, gotta, I gotta understand this. I gotta understand him and, and accept his love. Acceptance, forgiveness, care equals love, right? I wanna close this series with the book of Ephesians. Come on with me, come on over. Just a few pages to the left, come over here. Ephesians chapter five, real easy. It's probably, gosh, just, just a few pages, right? Okay, Ephesians chapter five, turn with me over here. Ephesians chapter five, starting in verses three and four. I'm gonna read verses three and four. Let there be no... Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. The sermon is not for those outside these walls. God is constantly talking to his people. These are my children. My children don't do that. Any parents in the house ever had that line with your kids? You're a walker. Walkers don't do that. You fill in your last name there. You ever say that? Hey, hey, hey. We, we don't do that. Well, he did. He ain't us. That might be in his family, but in this family, this Am I, am I the only parent that ever had? Boy, you guys need some serious parenting lessons. A couple Sundays from now, we're having a parenting class, right? Listen, I have this conversation all the time. This is the way we walk. And I want you to hear, I want you to hear the love of God, the Father, come to his children. Watch this. You got to understand this. His adopted, chosen child. He's, he's out there looking at a whole group and he goes, oh, I want that one. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And her and oh, him. And oh, I, got, I have to take that one home right there. That's the one. I want that one right. This is what God does. We've been chosen by him. And I hear this and I go, oh. He says, my people, this is, not, this is not what we do. Now, I see this, right? And after looking at these verses, right, we're, we, we read this, hey, these, these have no place among us, right? He says, this isn't supposed to be here. And then he says this, watch this. They're not supposed to be in God's people. Verse four, obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Now, after looking at these verses, it's easy to see what has no place among God's people, right? It's pretty clear. This, is, this, isn't my, this isn't my family. My family don't act like that. 
right? But here's the wild part. Just as importantly, did you see how not to be connected with the things that are on this list? Did you see it? It was pretty straightforward. Clearly, Paul is eliminating a specific behaviors and attitudes. And again, this was written to the church. This is written. Sexual immorality, impurity, greed, obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, church. <laughs> this is written to the church, right? He says, this stuff, it's, it's not supposed to, and here's what it is. It was applicable then. It's still applicable Beloved, something's got to change. Something has to change with us. We're God's people. We're his family. We don't do that. That's what Paul was saying then. And here we are 2,000 years later. And this is very much applicable to the church all over again. People choosing, well, I'm not going to get married. Marriage is just a piece of paper. Not according to God, it's not. We don't go down that. Well, we're just living together because we love each other. Love brings us together. No, no, whoa, 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 whoa. And I love this. He mentions six things that are not for you, right? That's what he says. These are not for you, and they're not for me or her or him or them. They're not for anybody, really, right? But he says this. These aren't for you. And then, and then he mentions immorality, impurity, these things, Greed, and then I wrap all this, these next three up into something I call filthy talk. What, what you got, it's all rated M for mature, right? We watch all the TV shows, like, these are 14, these are M. I'm like, just because you're M, you talk like that? That's the majority of situational comedies that are on television these days, right? He says, these obscene stories, this foolish talk, these coarse jokes, which, by the way, in the app this morning, I've, I've given you a lot to think about. I mean, there's a lot of scriptures in regards to these six items. In the app, in the conversations community, you'll see I've, I've broken them all down for you because I think we need to understand, what does he mean by coarse talk? What, what does he mean by this, this, this phrase here, right? He says, foolish talk, obscene stories. What does that mean, right? Coarse jokes. Now, ultimately, I don't think we need to be told. I think we know pretty straight up what, what that means. But I've left it in there for you anyway. But in all of that, he says, I have something that will give you victory over these six things. I want the victory. Anybody else want the victory, right? And I'm going to borrow a concept that was back here in Ephesians chapter 4, right? Where, where Paul says, you're supposed to take off the old self and put on the new self, right? So I take off this old garment. That's the picture that he brings in chapter four in Ephesians. He says, take that off. That doesn't belong to you anymore. That's all dirty and old and raggedy, saggedy, right? You, you don't want that. You want to put on this new garment, right? He says, you put this on. And he says, we're to take off the old self ways, the stuff that leads to hurts and habits and hangups. And then what? Did you see it? Paul said, instead Instead, sexual immorality, take it off. Impurity, take it off. Greed, take it off. Obscene stories, take it off. Foolish talk, take it off. Coarse jokes, take it off. Then he says this, instead, let there be what? Thankfulness. Wait, what? How does thankfulness, wait, what? 
Thankfulness is what disconnects us from this entire list. Gratitude is what extinguishes the entitlement of lust that is driving fornication, impurity, greed, and filthy talk. And there's your last feeling, gratitude. Gratitude is what we feel when we believe that God is for us and not against us. Beloved, God is for you. I know, I know there are days where you're like, where is God? I'm still struggling with this thing physically. I'm still struggling with this thing medically. I'm still struggling with this thing financially. Where is God? I'm here to tell you, God is for us. He is not against us. And when we, it's this gratitude thing, it's, it's what we feel when we believe that God gives us only what is good. Listen to me. And he withholds no good thing. God withholds no good thing. Gratitude and thanksgiving. You want to talk about alternative lifestyles? How about gratitude and thanksgiving? Seems like everybody's driven by cravings for things we don't have. Possessions, money, sex, etc. But here's, here's what I'm asking us today. Let's wear thankfulness. Let's get dressed in gratitude. Let's be clothed with appreciation. In fact, let's get changed right now. We have an opportunity this morning in praise and worship. Let's praise him for what he's done. Let's worship him for who he is. This is how we win the war. Put on a garment of praise. You want to win the war against depression. You want to win the war against all the things I've been talking about this morning. You want to win the war, uh, the things that are coming against you constantly. I'm telling you, learn how to be grateful. I am grateful. I, I, am, I have gratitude. And when we become people of praise, these things that seem to be so intense with, I don't need that. Again, the world. Chase after this, chase after that, chase after paychecks and retirements and cars and houses and chase after these things. That's what will bring you fulfillment. And we start going, I'm thankful for the car I have. We start looking and going, that's a great car. Okay, so it needs some tires, but it's still a great car. Beloved, let's be people of praise this morning.